Fresh Breakfast. Monday to Friday, 5, 5 to 8 a.m. on Metro FM. Every Wednesday we deal with conflict. And today we're talking about the conflict that we might have uh, between ourselves and language. I Am Lovely says, my son has a library card. I tell him to always make sure that when he takes out books, there is a Sesotho book. Mm. He's 11. He can write and read Sesotho. Wonderful. It's a mother's job or a parent's job to ensure that the child learns the mother tongue. Very true. Uh, That is according to I Am Lovely. Please help us welcome Dr. Tabo Dietzele. Senior Lecturer and Social Linguist at the Tswane University of Technology. Uh, what's up, Doc? Hi, how are you? How are you, Fresh? We are well, Doctor. Thank you for hanging out with us. I'm great. Thank you very much. Now, Doctor, what role do you think, if any, uh, does the mother tongue play in education versus in life? Um, well, it, uh, the, the, you know, the role that it should play, it's not playing that role. The role that it should play is to transmit knowledge to our children. Currently, our children... Uh, I'm talking about those who's, who's um, LLTC or whose second language is English. Yes. Um, we are trying to educate them through a second language, and that model has never succeeded. In fact, it has been, if you look at all the developed economies, they don't teach their children in second languages. Um, mm. Even countries like Vietnam tried, they, they couldn't go ahead. They now you know, changed from teaching their children in French, and they started teaching them in Vietnamese. Um, you know, South Korea is another example. They tried to teach their children in Japanese. They switched to to Korean and look at where they are today. So there are benefits of teaching people in a language that they understand best, and we're not doing it. Why do you think we like hiding behind the excuse of it'll cost more? Um, I think it's because of the, our history. You know, uh, our history, if you look at, you know, 1993, 1994, you know, around the Kordesa era, you know, African languages became um, official languages uh, because there was pressure from... Uh, the Nets, the national, the national party, they are the ones who insisted that Africans is going to be one of the official languages. Only then were the nine brought on, you know, into, the, the, into the room. Yes. Otherwise, if, if the Africans never insisted on Africans, English would be the only. So from a political point of view, there's no will to have African languages develop beyond where they, they are. Now, I'm a parent. I have a one-year-old. In terms of language, how would you advise I raise the child? Um, look, there is something that we call additive bilingualism or additive multilingualism. There's nothing wrong with, I mean, I just heard you that, you know, in your home, you only speak this one, which is good, or speak, which is good. I also do that. However, where the, the reality is that when they leave their home, they will be in an environment where uh, English is all over them. So it's for us as parents to negotiate that, uh, you know, harmony between mother tongue and, and, and English, which is spoken outside the home. Mm. So we have to think in additive bilingualism terms. In other words, it's possible for them to speak English and Sitswana equally well. Now, how do we, for instance, say to corporate South Africa, don't deny people jobs because they're not well spoken in terms mm. of English, for instance. Uh, because we, you know, we have this tendency to think that because you can't speak English, you therefore would be incompetent at doing a certain job. Uh, yes, that is the, 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 the. I mean, I've been saying this for many years now. The relationship between economics and language, yeah. which is part of the, the doctoral study that I did. You know, change has to come from the bottom up. If, imagine, let's take this scenario. 
in a town like Rustenburg, where we know that an overwhelming majority of people are Tswana speaking, imagine if all of them demanded that at home affairs, at all the banks, they have to be assisted in Tswana. Yes. All of a sudden, banks will now go for bank tellers who can speak Sizwana, home affairs will hire people who can speak Sizwana, universities or the education sector will follow through to say, let us take this language seriously because there's demand for them. Currently what's happening is a society, we expect change to be bottom, uh, bottom down. Mm. It doesn't work that way. Mm. Look at Africans. The Africans demanded that it be used from grassroots. It wasn't government that imposed. Government just followed through. So even our government will start to respect and take African language seriously if society demands that they be used. They will start to be respected. It will be, it, you know, currently when you are an English African bilingual and your English is not that good, people make excuses for you. You say, ah, you have to understand. But if it's black people, no. If your English is not polished, you are, you know, you accept attributes such as you are backward, you are traditional, you are unsophisticated, mm. and the like. Mm. Mm. Dr. Samizia, how, how do you think we can encourage black people, especially uh, um, Bantu-speaking people, to to take pride and not to 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 make. Like, I'll, I'll speak for myself, for instance. When I make a mistake in English, uh, it becomes a huge hoo ha. It's, it's a joke. It's but, a joke. But when a Spanish guy does it, he does speaks it, very sexy. Oh, it's so sexy. Mm. You know. Mm. Um, how do we encourage, especially? I'm, I'm talking about South Africans. To say to take pride, for instance, also in ATMs. It gives you eight options, and the first thing I press is English. Yeah. Um, how would you encourage us to really be proud, not just in September, but throughout our lives? And that is okay to break English. It's not your first language. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, no, the, the solution lies in educating society to see the benefits. All of us win if we demand that they be. There's nothing wrong if you... Uh, I'll give an example. I want to collect my driver's license I had initially asked that it be printed in Sichuana. It was not. It was printed only in English and French. And when I demanded that it be done, people who were in the queue said, what's your problem? You can't speak English. I said, that is not the point. The mm. point is, I want my Sichuana on my driver's license. Mm. So it, 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 it's true education that will teach people that there is nothing wrong in demanding that you, you speak Chibenda or you identify some of them. There's nothing wrong. But we will make it sound like it's wrong if you... Uh, if it's one I speak, I know English is not polished. You know, like I said, you, you attract these attributes that you backward, you know. And, and, and we are the only, perhaps the only continent where not speaking a standard variety uh, is something that is celebrated. You know, if, if someone makes an excuse that, uh, mm. well, you have to understand that um, I haven't been speaking for, for, for 10 years. That shouldn't be an excuse. Yeah. It can't be an excuse mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Doctor, we're out of time, but thank you for sharing your brilliant mind uh, with, with us. And uh, we'll have you back on the show uh, because uh, this is a topic I think we'll be discussing for another 100 years. Thank yeah. you, Doctor. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Dr. Tabuditele, Senior Lecturer and Social Linguist at the Tswane University of Technology. Thank you, Doctor. Fresh Breakfast on Metro FM. Fresh Breakfast. Monday to Friday, 5, 5 to 8 a.m. On Metro FM.